An Atheist Response to a Christian, Part 3. Alright, so this is going to be the third and final installment of my Atheist Response to a Christian series, unless another Christian eventually wants to take me on, and then I'll have to resurrect the uh, segment, no pun intended. So now in Beat the Clock style, I'm going to just try to go through the rest of the questions on our Christian friends list as quickly as I can. I'm going to try to keep it under 10 minutes. No prep. The only thing I have is my iPad and a cup of Jaeger and Pepsi. Jaeger and Pepsi doesn't have the same ring to it. Uh, Anyway, all right, here we go. Stopwatch engaged. All right, so first up, how is it that modern science still cannot prove gravity? I just dropped a plastic cup. There's gravity. (laughs) Also, I believe earlier this year, uh, scientists found proof of gravitational waves. How is it that we are on a rock floating in space traveling at a million miles per hour, but we are able to stay on the ground? Well, we just discussed the answer. Gravity. Okay. (laughs) Three. How is, how is it that the sun is moving at a faster rate than the earth, but we never get closer to the sun, nor does it run into us while we are orbiting? Well, gravity factors into this one too. I believe, if I remember, the earth is spinning fast enough to counteract the pull of gravity so that we stay in orbit instead of getting pulled into the sun. Thank the God who I don't believe in. Next one. How is it that the moon can be seen in the daytime, even though the moon would be in between the earth and the sun? Now, we've probably all had that experience where when we see the moon in the morning sky, which I always thought was pretty cool. I like that for some reason. Um, This one, uh, I'll actually have to Google. Okay, so here's space.com. Any clear morning this week around 10 a.m. I don't know which week this was written. You can see the moon riding high in the western sky. Many people are surprised to see the moon in full daylight, yet it is a completely normal occurrence. A very common misconception in astronomy is that the moon is directly opposite the sun and sky. In fact, the moon is only in this position for a single instant in the whole lunar month, the exact time of full moon when it is 180 degrees away from the sun. The rest of the month, it can be anywhere from zero to 180 degrees away and at least in theory visible in the daytime sky. At full moon, the moon is exactly opposite the sun. This means that the moon rises just as the sun is setting and sets just as the sun is rising. This is also the only night in the month where a lunar eclipse can happen. Even so, eclipses normally happen only one full moon out of every six. The other times, the Earth's shadow is either too high or too low to touch the moon. Two things contribute to the moon being visible in daylight. First, it is bright enough that its light penetrates the scattered blue light of the sky. If you're looking at exactly the right spot with a telescope, you can also see the planets Mercury, Venus, and Jupiter in daylight, plus a few of the brightest stars, though few casual observers can actually pull this off. Secondly, the moon must be high enough in the sky to be visible. Because of the Earth's rotation, the moon is above the horizon roughly 12 hours out of every 24. Since those 12 hours almost never coincide with the roughly 12 hours of daylight in every 24 hours, the possible window for observing the moon in daylight averages about 6 hours a day. I believe that the moon is illuminated by the sun, and another factor is that it's easier to see the moon against the dark of night than it is the bright background of day. So, next. Oh man, more astronomy questions. How is it that when the sun sets, it gets smaller and smaller until it disappears out of the event horizon? 
Failed to mention that I also have my Mac Mini, too. I'm so ashamed of myself of actually turning to Yahoo for this answer. It's an illusion. More common with the moon. I suppose more people don't bother to actually look directly at the sun, as it is a dangerous thing to do. So that's where the name moon illusion comes from. The sun is not larger on the horizon you just think it is. Its angular size measures the same low in the sky and high in the sky. It does flatten out a little, looks like an oval at sunrise and sunset because of refraction in the atmosphere. But this does not alter the apparent size of the sun in the sky. I don't know if that was like an autocorrect typo or what, but he says until it disappears out of the event horizon. Usually when I think of event horizon, I think of a black hole, etc. Maybe he just meant horizon. Wikipedia, event horizon. In general relativity, an event horizon is a boundary in space-time beyond which events cannot affect an outside observer. In layman's terms, it is defined as, quote-unquote, the point of no return, i.e. the point at which the gravitational pull becomes so great to make escape impossible. More specific types of horizon include the related but distinct absolute and apparent horizons found around a black hole. Okay. Event horizon was also a messed up horror movie. Remember uh, Sam Neill had like no eyes or something? Where we're going, you won't need eyes to see or some shit like that. How is it possible to see a lunar eclipse if it is on the exact opposite side of the moon? Okay, so I'm at some site called MrEclipse.com. Who knew? <clears throat> kind of like Mr. Skin. Well, actually not really. An eclipse of the moon or a lunar eclipse can only occur at full moon and only if the moon passes through some portion of the Earth's shadow. That shadow is actually composed of two cone-shaped components, one nested inside the other. The outer or penumbral shadow is a zone where the Earth blocks part, but not all the sun's rays from reaching the moon. In contrast, the inner or umbral shadow is a region where the Earth blocks all direct sunlight from reaching the moon. Penumbral lunar eclipse. The moon passes through the Earth's penumbral shadow. These events are of only academic interest because they are subtle and hard to observe. Partial lunar eclipse. A portion of the moon passes through the Earth's umbral shadow. These events are easy to see even with the unaided eye. Total lunar eclipse. The entire moon passes through the Earth's umbral shadow. These events are quite striking due to the moon's vibrant red color during the total phase. And I found another explanation. Uh, the phases of the moon are caused by Earth's shadow on the moon, but by the angle we view the moon from in relation to the sun. New moon happens when the moon is closest to the sun in its orbit about the Earth, and the side facing Earth is in complete shadow. First quarter, or half moon, is when the Earth and moon are, are equal distances from the sun, so we see half the moon illuminated while the other half is in shadow. Full moon occurs when the moon is furthest from the sun, and the side facing Earth is in full sunlight. Third quarter is the same as first quarter, only we see the other half lit by the sun. An eclipse occurs when the full moon happens to slip through Earth's shadow. The Earth's orbital angle around the sun and the moon orbit around the Earth are off by about 5 degrees. So an eclipse only happens when the Earth, moon, and the sun are within a few degrees of the nodes of these two planes. And once again, I think this, as I discussed last episode, this ties into the fact that um, the person question uh, embraces the concept of a flat Earth. So this is probably why... They're making an attempt at these kind of gotcha questions regarding uh, astronomy. And there's a little bit more to that question, I guess, but I don't think it's really all that relevant. Wouldn't that make it a new moon since it is sitting behind Earth's much larger shadow? I think I already went over the uh, basics of how 
the phases of, of the moon and lunar eclipses work. So, and there's one more. I don't even think I'm going to Google for this one. <laughs> and this isn't a question. This is just a statement with an exclamation mark. Baby sees Jesus returning in dream. Sounds like an Enquirer or a tabloid uh, headline. I guess first off, what do we mean by baby? Are we literally talking about an infant who can't even talk yet? Or are we talking about a slightly older child? Sometimes people will even refer to their toddlers as, as babies or the baby. Uh, if you're talking about an infant that can't even speak, how the hell do you know the baby saw Jesus in a dream? There's no way for them to tell you unless they're using uh, some kind of telepathy or that the baby wait till it was like 14 and say, hey, did I ever mention that when I was a baby, I saw Jesus in a dream? And at that point, I mean, how can you verify that? The kid's probably already been indoctrinated into Christianity and has a head full of Jesus. Um, and we can't really remember our infancy. So it's most likely a later invention of the mind. <clears throat> But that's it. That's it. I'm finally done with all those questions. So this concludes the three-part series, an atheist response to a Christian. And like I said, I may resurrect the uh, segment if anyone else wishes to take me on. But for now, thanks for listening slash watching if you're on uh, YouTube. And until next time. 